Hey, Brian. Hey, Rick. Shooter McGavin here on a Masters Weekend, day two. Wow. So I heard your From the Tips podcast is kind of badass. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of From the Tips is me, boy Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-host Rick Landis. How we doing? Good buddy. Much better today. Um, I spent the whole weekend with my first ever migraine, which was horrendous because yeah. uh, it lasted from Saturday all the way through uh, Phil and Alex having an argument that I'm not going to tell you about on on the pod but i'll tell you about after we're, we hop off uh that just made it a million times worse <laughs> and and i was in just bed i was just in bed all day on sunday just sleeping because i didn't sleep at all on saturday so yeah i've i've never had a migraine i can only imagine that they're just 10 times worse than a headache um because the people make it sound like they're 10 times worse than a headache so i i believe it it was um, 10 times worse than headache. Yeah. It was horrible. I, I don't like, I don't think I ever want to feel that kind of pain in my you life. Don't. I, I feel don't. like I don't. Like, does ibuprofen even help with that? Does that even like. I took Excedrin, which is designed for That's severe migraine headaches. stuff. Yeah. Um, and I also took, Gina has a prescription migraine medication because she gets them all the time. Right. So within a 24 hour period, I took four Excedrin and one migraine pill. Right. And. I still had a migraine. Goodness gracious. So I don't really know what was going on there. Yeah, that's but crazy. Eventually it went away. Goodness gracious. That's that's a lot. That's yeah, a lot. So that's better lot today. How about you? Uh I mean, I'm doing pre in, in comparison, I'm doing great. In comparison. <laughs> um had a good weekend, had a good time. Um just uh, back on the grind for another week, basically. Get back oh, yeah. at it, and uh, hopefully, uh, unfortunately, this year I have to work on Labor Day, which sucks. Uh, I know we have a weekend in between then and now, but just thinking about how I have to work on Labor Day <laughs> is aggravating. Because yeah. the whole premise of Labor Day, right, at least in the United States, is that you don't work. That's like a whole the whole thing. It's like a <laughs> the, thank you for working. And continuing the American economy, we appreciate. You guys have a show. It's a yeah. So uh, at at work, I have a program that I have to do, um, and the company that we're doing it for is Chinese, so they don't have a Labor Day. They don't give a damn, basically. So yeah, we're uh, we're there. It's gonna be a good one, I'm sure. Super excited about it. But um, I get like a floating vacation day, so that that's that's oh, kind of nice. But at the same time. Would like to have Labor Day off because there's nothing better than a long weekend, man. Especially when it's the Monday you get off because then you get the yeah. short week going. Oh, the short week with no Monday is a beautiful thing. But oh yeah, we did, however, have some absolutely bonkers golf that happened at the BMW Championship, which we will get into shortly. But Rick, buddy, what happened today in sports history? Uh, pretty much the only notable thing. Before we were born, this happened, Ooh. but I'm sure you know a lot about this because everybody does. That's exciting. Do you know what happened on this day 
the 22nd because that's when we're recording right in 1994 in 1994 yeah you know what happened on august 22nd 1994 no i don't think i do i'll give you a hint it My involves deal. an ex-nfl player an ex-nfl player mm-hmm. on august 20th 20- oh is it the oj trial yeah, OJ. Oh, there we go. OJ DNA testing links OJ Simpson to the murder of Nicole Simpson and Rod Goldman. No, oh, oh. but but the glove the glove didn't fit. Yeah, I mean it just well, it didn't, didn't fit. Really didn't... Correct about that, but DNA unfortunately does not lie. So, <laughs> well, apparently it does. Apparently, <laughs> DNA lies. Uh, we we strictly uh, adhere to laws uh when it involves clothing fitting so yes. um the glove didn't fit so bap, that's it absolved you're you're good to go you know what i mean um <laughs> yeah so that's that is unfortunate to say the least uh, yeah. and but, a lot uh, of olympic stuff but oh yeah, summer summer olympics right yeah yeah like as in the day before we record this mm-hmm. on the 21st there was a lot of stuff about like michael phelps and all these other all these other olympic things that happened right none affected the sports world as much as oj simpson being convicted of murder that is fair that is a fair assessment actually that's uh that was one of the uh the big things just in the 90s not even in the sports world just so much so that it so much so that it inspired a whole scene in a well-known romantic comedy known as shrek 2 indeed um so Pretty, pretty powerful stuff. <laughs> Nights. <Nice. laughs> <laughs> oh, the pepper spray is a, <laughs> a pepper cry. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, I think we've already talked about this on the podcast. Uh, Shrek Two is better than Shrek One. I stand by yes, that. Yes. Um, not a doubt in my mind. Um, in a movie that has fairy godmother that sings arguably the best rendition of uh, Need a Hero, maybe of all time, and a uh, monstrosity-sized uh, gingerbread man. It's a good movie. Through Speaking and through. Speaking of Shrek, big news, not golf-related. Here we go. Did you hear about Universal? No. They're having. They're going to be making a DreamWorks Land. Let's go. Yeah. Do we Shrek know? Will be included. I, well, I feel like if they didn't include Shrek, they'd be idiots. But do we know what other movies? Gina sent like a little teaser thing, and the ones that I saw were Kung Fu Panda, Shrek, and How to Train Your Dragon. Damn, man. I'm so in. Yeah. I loved How to Train Your Dragon. I thought that was a great movie. Um, I loved Kung I, Fu Panda. I, well, I, duh. I mean, Jack Black. <laughs> on, that's just. I, is it just me, or does sometimes it feel like Jack Black just finds ways to continuously make money without doing new things <laughs> it's insane right because because he he has he has the the band tenacious d which i was obviously has in the movies but also just recently dropped a song that's super catchy and got a little bit of popularity and then he did the the, the, the two kung fu panda movies that was that was it and it was like i need a little bit more money i'm just going to do this live action jumanji which wound up being a multi-million dollar success and then he did a second one of those, and he was like, "All right, cool. I'm just gonna chill, uh, and continue to just pull in money." And now 
you got DreamWorks and Universal going, hey, Jack, do you want more money? And he's good. Don't forget, don't forget the fact that he raked in money from one of the very high grossing animated films of the year so far, where he portrayed Bowser. Right. Let's not forget that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jack Black is the man, uh, arguably one of my favorite actors of all time, uh, just because. Obviously, you have School of Rock. And then Tenacious D and all the other movies just listed. And I think I'm not quite sure if there's a stinker on his list. You know, I I would have to get into his entire uh, works on IMDb, which I'm not going to do right now. But your one might be one of my favorites, even though it's so so lowly rated. Do and that one, yeah, that's a great one without Michael (laughs) Sarah's in it too. It's so it's such like like Rotten Tomatoes has it like a ten percent, I think. But like I love that movie, (laughs) dude. It had um. It had Michael Sarah in it. It had, oh, what's his first name? Something McBride. Harold Ramis. Yeah, I mean, David it had. Cross. Oh, it had uh, Christopher Mint Mintz Classy. I don't know if that's how you say his name. Uh, unsure, but uh, Olivia Wilde, Bill Hader. Oh, and uh, yeah, I mean, great ones there. Don't forget about Nacho Libre either. Yeah, I feel like that's an underrated movie. Yeah. Um, where Jack Black plays a luchador wrestler which is hilarious to, to witness um yeah jack black is basically one of my favorite actors of all time i feel like i can commit to that now which i'm, I'm proud of i'm proud of that uh which universal park is that going to be in the one in florida let's go That's what i'm talking about where are they putting it though what are they taking out i don't know if they're taking anything out i think they oh, they're expanding land. i think they have more land yeah that's exciting you don't see that too often when it comes to the uh the big Amusement parks. They usually take something out to put something in its place. They don't usually Usually, expand. but they're trying to keep yeah. up with Disney who's continually expanding because they have so much extra land. Well, yeah. I mean when you have when you have it, use it. Um all right, but is that is that all we is that all we have? Yeah, that's it. For sports history. All right, love that. Nothing crazy. Um yeah, nothing crazy this time. Nothing crazy. Now what was crazy is uh Victor Hovland on a Sunday in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, absolutely wild, man. And not only did he just casually pop off a Sunday 61 without without breaking a sweat, at least from, from what we could tell, uh, but he then also had a back 9-28 on Sunday. What, 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 is, what does that equate to? Eight, eight birdies? Yes. Yeah, eight that's crazy. That no, so seven, seven birdies. Sorry, that is in pure insanity. And he had a pretty good front too. Uh, he was two under on the front, had the one bogey on seven, but it wasn't going to ruin your day. He was pretty much bound for the top five. No big deal. Everything's fine. And then you know he just walks up to the ten tee box and goes, "You want to know what would be kind of cool, right?" It's, I just I just won the tournament. If I just did, if Fire I just did. off a twenty eight right now. And 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 somebody you know maybe his caddy or somebody around was like you know that's going to be kind of hard to do, uh because you'd have to go seven under on the back right now. And he was like, yeah, but like, <laughs> does it sound that impossible? <laughs> do it. 
I mean, <laughs> Tiger's done it, right? I could, I could do it. I could. Do it. I'm just gonna do it now. And uh, there he goes, shooting off a 28. Could you imagine in your lifetime ever shooting a 28 on a nine? No, not even close. I, I could even fathom hitting three birdies in a row. That that like. He had five threes in a row, one of them being a par because it was a par three. Yeah. Not having five golf holes where you don't even eclipse three strokes. Are you even golfing at that point? Or are you just <laughs> going for a, a nice walk? You swung the club going for a stroll. three times each hole, five holes in a row, for 15 total strokes yeah, in five holes. I, I'll have 15 total strokes on two holes of golf. <laughs> I've done and, it before. <laughs> and I will be breaking a sweat. Cause it's hot out. I've, I've done it before. I'm not ashamed of it. Um, but that is an insane. I broke the course record, I think, um, which obviously isn't surprising when you shoot a 61. But what do you? Th- what to you is the most impressive part of that that round for Victor? Was it because it's Sunday? I feel like that's a pretty easy answer. Yeah, it's, that's you know. kind of the cop out answer. Um, I think just seeing. Obviously, we're in we're in it now at this point of the season. Like mm-hmm. none of these guys are going to be schmucks that were like, Oh, there's, there's a reason that he beat these people. Right. Uh, but just looking at the guys that he had to hold off and surpass with great aggressiveness. Yeah. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, who's, as we always say, not always on the, on the uh, PGA tour playing a lot, but he does play over on DP world tour very often. And he plays very well over there. Scotty Scheffler, who, Everybody knows is one of the best golfers in the world right now. Roy McIlroy, who notably hasn't been playing great, but seemed to have a good weekend. Uh, Brian Harmon, who is just sneaky there, I feel like, a lot of the time. And if he plays well, he plays well. Having a great Uh, year. Max Homa, who's had a great year so far. Sungjae Im, Xander Shoffley. Like, these aren't nobodies. Like I said, we're obviously in the top 50 right now, so it's going to be not nobodies. But – to do this on a Sunday when you know that these are the people that you're going to be having to go up against, and we haven't really seen it from him this year, that's the most impressive to me, is that this is the time that he decides to pull it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that and also, like, you're able to do it in almost a nine-hole fashion, right? He didn't even have, like, the greatest... Obviously, yes, he broke the record. He had the greatest round, but... The damage that he did, the the speeding by guys that he did was in just in a nine hole stretch of golf, yeah. where he just zoomed past all these guys. They looked at they looked at the leaderboard at one point. They're like, oh, "Okay, I'm pretty comfortable with my uh, where I where I am." If I was Scotty Scheffler, I was like, "Cool, we could just pack this one in, boys. I'm I'm good to go. I'll I'll pop yeah. off another birdie or two, and we'll all go home happy." And you know, here comes Crown Vic just whizzing by him for a 17 under total for the tournament, uh, winning two strokes over Scotty Scheffler and Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, I really feel like, obviously, the fact that it was a Sunday in that in that stretch is, is obviously impressive, but I think it was the way he was doing it. He was hitting shots over any possible uh, terrain that you could imagine. Mm-hmm. He was throwing lawn darts from range. It was honestly like he was just choosing where he wanted the ball to go and not missing at all. Yeah, and with the position that he's now put himself in, 
in the FedEx Cup standings going into the championship, if he plays like he did this week, it's going to be scary. And the reason I'm saying that is his back nine scores, do you know what they were for the week? Uh, for the rest of the week, his back nines were. Well, I know, I know what they were. I was, I, I'm asking if you, if you. Oh, know. I did not, I did not know off the top of my head. So, so his Thursday back nine score was 37, which is two over par. Right. His Friday was 35. So we've already progressed to two shots better. His Saturday was 33. So we oh. progressed to two more shots better, and then we dropped to a 28, <laughs> which means that he learned this back nine over the course of four days enough to progress his score to a nine stroke difference on the back nine from, yeah. from Thursday to Sunday, which is ridiculous over a four day stretch. Mm-hmm. It, like I, like I, I said a little bit before here, it was like, he just got to the 10th tee box and was like, you know what I could do and will be kind of fun to do. Just win the whole thing. Why not? Right. And yeah. I guess like there, there's something to be learned here if you're another golfer that like you when you play a course for a weekend, obviously it's you against other golfers. You're trying to beat other guys. But more importantly, it's it's you against the course. What can you learn from what the course has given you? Where are you shooting the ball this week? How is it going for you? Are you going are you, are you doing well off the tee? Are you doing well in your approach game? Is the is the is the putting going well for you? It was like he took all of that knowledge, got to that 10th tee box, and all the stars aligned. And he was just the at that moment, he was the best golfer on the PGA tour on that back nine. And it was insane to watch. I highly suggest watching the highlights on YouTube uh, for anybody. But the what was crazy to me, and I just talked about it, it was his approach shots, uh, specifically on that back nine which I found were were the most insane because of how accurate they were. So as far as like his accuracy stats on his approach, he pretty much falls in, excuse me, he pretty much falls in line with the rest of the PGA Tour as far as the rest of the season has has transpired. On this last tournament, the BMW Championship, he excelled more than two point strokes gained on approach. And just skyrocketing into the uh, lead on all the guys that are still playing golf right now. Um, it was it was almost like he took all the frustrations from, especially his past, where his short game hasn't been great, his approach game hasn't been great. That's something that he's always kind of struggled with in uh, in his game. Took all of that and said, "No, I can I can do this. I can get on every single green in regulation. Not even not even think about it." And his driving accuracy, he's always been a pretty good driver of the ball. That hasn't really been a problem for, for his his career. But 21% better than the field. It's crazy. 21, that, that is insane to me. Because obviously the PJ Tour golfers, you know, they're hitting the fairway probably a majority of the time. You could, you could consider 50, 60% of the time. Tack on another 20%. This guy was hitting... Every fairway, it felt like this this uh, this entire tournament, and even you look at the Thursday and the Friday scores, and they they're not going to knock your socks off. He wasn't dominating by any means, but he was learning, which which you were talking about, which I think is something important to bring up when it comes to professional golfers. That is, mm-hmm. and what amateurs like us can kind of take away is like when you play a golf course and you anticipate to play it again, or you play it multiple times, 
you learn. You learn where you want to wind up. You learn how you shoot on that course, where your misses are, where your uh, you know good shots will land, how you can come back from bad shots. The more you learn about a course, the the better you're going to play there. So that that's something to really almost respect and applaud about the way he went about Sunday. Because um, that 61 was not by luck by yeah. any means. That man earned every single... Every single shot that he took, he he was thinking about it, which is impressive because that that's the kind of stuff that you expect from somebody who is in the top five in the world right now at, at number five in the world golf rankings. Uh, somebody who's basically going to not just be a shoe in, but probably one of the very key pieces to the European Ryder Cup team. We'll yep. get to that later on in the episode. Um, but to continue talking about the BMW Championship, a fantastic tournament all the way around. Um I really enjoy the uh, the FedEx Cup playoffs, and it's not because I don't enjoy watching the rest of the PGA Tour. Like, I mean, we've talked about on the, on the podcast before, right? We don't mind uh, seeing, you know, guys that we don't see too often get wins here and there. It's kind of yeah. cool. We appreciate it. But there's something to enjoy more about the top 50 in the world doing it. Because mm-hmm. every name in that top 50, like especially guys like us who – who watch the PJ tour more often. Those are all names that we're going to know. And mm-hmm. even guys that we've seen have really great success are kind of teetering in the bottom of the, of the top 50. And you're like, these guys got to, you know, get, you got to get to the top 30. If you want to get to the tour championship next week, you got to, you got to yeah. go, man. Like talking about guys that are unfortunately not going to make it this year. Like uh Nick Taylor, Seamus power, uh, you know, Tony Finau, unfortunately, Sepp Straka, who had an incredible year, Jordan Spieth won't make it to East Lake, which kind of sucks. Right? Like, these are all names that we know and we've watched the season have success, but they're not in the top 30. And I feel like there's just more to it when it's this time of year. Do you like watching this time of year more than, than the rest of the year, probably excluding majors? Uh, yes. And the reason I'm about to say is probably not what most people would think. And it's a little sadistic of me, but my favorite part about watching this time of year is there's no cuts. So the guys that are playing like shit all weekend are forced to play Saturday, Sunday, unless right. they want to withdraw from the tournament. Yeah. So like, for example, uh, Seamus Power plus 14 on the weekend. He probably could have been out of there by yeah. by Friday. Uh, yeah. Taylor Moore, same thing, plus 18. He was last place besides Hideki, who withdrew. Um, could have been out of there by Friday, but with no cuts is forced to just continue to play on his crappy weekend that he started on. Gotta keep and going, big guy. Gotta keep going. It's really funny to me that they're like, you know what? <laughs> keep playing. Yeah, that's, I mean, plus 18 for me is a very good round of golf. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, oh, yeah. I mean, that's like you're going to the bar after. You're getting after because you just had one of the rounds of your life. Um, yeah, you see Hideki with the round 171. I don't I don't know if it was injury related why he withdrew because you know 71 is not a terrible first day score. I've, I've seen worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're you're forced to play all four, which you know it's not funny watching a good golfer struggle that mightily, but it's kind of funny to watch just because hey, you know, you, you're good at golf all the time, right? Yeah, to come back down to earth with the rest of us, you know what I mean. Hideki withdrew because of his back, apparently. Yeah, back yeah, that sucks because ah, oh, you're right there in the top fifty. But um, yeah, I, I really I agree with you. It's it's 
maybe not in that aspect, but I think it's probably just the most exciting golf out of the year to watch, which, which makes me wonder, Rick, there's, so usually in other major sports, there's a probably at minimum two months from the end of the season to the beginning of the season. You know what I mean? In golf, there's two weeks. Yes. And you just start the, you punch back in and here's a brand new season. Do you think, given the whole merger situation, which unfortunately we don't have any new progressing news for you folks, there's nothing that's really uh kind of shaking the needle on that one as of right now. That they will be coming, don't worry, but just not this episode. Um, do you think, given the merger and given uh the the live tour, uh their whole thing of having a shorter year, do you think that's going to be something that that winds up happening with the PGA tour, and will you enjoy it? Uh, I think it'll be discussed. I don't know if it'll happen. Right. Because I think the guys coming back from Live don't want to go back to a full schedule like they had before. And I think they're going to fight to get a shorter schedule. And I don't think there's going to be too much pushback from the guys that stayed on the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely not going to go all the way down to like eight. Unless the money's guaranteed, obviously. Right. Um, but even then, I can't see the guys like like Rory and John and Scotty. Like I can't see them wanting to go down to eight. The most I could see them doing is like three quarters of what they have now, and I believe they have forty eight total events yeah. throughout the year. So mm-hmm. like the most I could see them going down to is like thirty six. Um, yeah, but I I don't know. It's it's one of those things that we don't even like you said. We don't have any new information on the merger at all. So like we have no idea what to even expect from that front. Right. And and if they, if the way they want to do it is they want to do a full off season, like most other major sports and they want to just do like two or three months off. I think 35, 36 events is perfect because that's yeah. that not only, you know, shortens the season. So you're going to get your better golfers playing more often. Cause they got to make up for the fact that they don't have those kind of just like off weeks they can take whenever they want to. And you now have an off season where like things can happen, you know, guys can train over here. You see videos out there and everybody's talking about in the off season and stuff like that. I think that that's something that they'll probably wind up exploring. I'd be very shocked if they kept the schedule they have currently. Yeah. definitely. Um, but then obviously who knows how it's going to go in the first place with the, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the whole monopoly thing, antitrust, uh, however yeah. you want to go about that. That's, that's going to have its own conversation. Who even knows if this merger is going to happen, but I would be okay with and probably actually kind of enjoy if they went to a 35, 36 event schedule. Yeah, I think I don't think there would be really any downside if they ended it after the FedEx Cup championship and then the first event back was Hawaii. Yeah, if they just started, I don't really, I don't really see a downside to that. That's that's what September, October, it's like three or four months, depending on when you start it. You could even push Hawaii up like two or three weeks mm-hmm. um, just to keep this the offseason a little bit shorter. But I don't see any reason that you couldn't do something like that and be totally fine. Yeah, I I think it would actually probably benefit the sport more because I think you'd have healthier golfers in, yeah. in, in the long run. I mean, obviously, golf is one of those sports that you can play forever, uh, but you would have healthier and uh, in their prime longer athletes, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, given obviously the way sports sciences is going yeah. and then you also give them time to actually rest their bodies, be with their families, detach themselves from the sport. 
and then they come back brand new, healthy, fresh. I, I think it would just benefit the sport in its entirety. So I hope that's something that winds up getting talked about because not only that, but I think you'd find more FedEx Cup playoff environment type of tournaments like midway to the late end of the season, even yeah. if it's not the 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 ending three tournaments that the FedEx Cup playoffs, but like you'd get like that, you know, the 3M Open that was like the last qualifying tournament. I think the energy there would be a bit more exciting because the season's been shorter. So there's probably not a lot of guys sitting that out unless they have a very comfortable lead yeah, uh, in their position. So that that's definitely something that I think should, should get explored, but to keep moving forward, obviously after these events, we have gone down to the top 30 for the tour championship, which also means that your top six for the Ryder cup on the United States side have been decided i uh i love it i love it because there's three names that i'm very comfortable with being on this team and three names that i'm very excited that they're on the team because of the season that they've been having uh the three guys i'm not surprised by at all are scotty scheffler patrick Cantlay, and xander shoffley makes sense those guys just bleed red white and blue when the time's right uh, they were there at the there at the massacre uh, the last Ryder Cup, and they're going to be there in Rome. I think that those are three guys that definitely just, when I think of a Ryder Cup team, those are three guys that are pretty mm-hmm. pertinent in my mind. Uh, obviously, Alexander Shoffley also being a U.S. Olympic uh, gold medalist. So Captain America, that, the, new, the new yeah. Team. I mean, basically, he's Captain America at this point. Um, he, yeah, it, those those three are great. Here is a here are the three that I love: Brian Harmon, Wyndham Clark, and Max Homa. Three guys that have just had killer seasons, had really good years. They're all in the top 10 in FedEx Cup points right now. And it's going to be all three of their first Ryder Cup, I'm pretty sure, unless Brian Harmon, when he was younger, qualified. I think it's the first time that they're all qualifying for it. Max Homa Ryder Cup is one of the best moves that could be made. Just electric, right? He's the guy you want to root for, Yeah. right? I we we remember you know Justin Thomas and Jordan Smith crushing uh, Jordan Smith yeah Jordan Spieth crushing beers and just getting after it with the fans like some menaces that's gonna be Max Homa and I'm I'm a little afraid that Max Homa's gonna do it during his round <laughs> <laughs> which I think will be even better okay yeah. um, that's the kind of stuff that really is going to infuse uh, youth movement. For this team, uh, obviously, I don't think Brian Harmon's that young, though. He's no, he's like 30, he's been on tour for a while now. I think. Yeah, he's he's thirty six years old. He's not the youth movement, but you got Wyndham Clark and Max Homa, two you know guys that have been on tour for a bit and f- have finally seemed to find consistent success, which I think is super exciting for this Ryder Cup team. So I I like that they're that they're there and that they're the top six. Now here's the next question, though, obviously. You got another six, and those are captain's picks, right? There, there's a ranking system, there's a point system, right? So, so uh, ZJ has his, his, you know, numbers in front of him, but also it's a field pick, right? So to yeah. me, two shoe ins because of the way that they played this year are going to be Jordan Spieth and Kyle Morikawa, um, yeah, and another shoe in, and I think kind of sucks that he was in fifth qualifying, and then the two events for the FedEx cup happened and he got booted to, to seven mm-hmm. is Brooks Kepka. Do you think 
that Brooks Kepka at this point, you know, given that he's with the live tour, et cetera, et cetera. Do you uh, think that Brooks Kepka is a easy should be their captain's pick? Those are two different questions. Easy. Easy. Yes. He's an easy pick. He should, yeah, he should that, be yeah. That's what I, that, yeah, that's what I, I don't think he's going to though, because for some reason I have this feeling that we're going to get a super, uh, morally correct decision here uh for who knows what reason um i'm just trying to think of who's a better option right now the only the only thing is especially when it comes to brooks kepka he's the only one from the live tour that i would even consider for this yeah no for sure i would not Um, consider anybody else and it's strictly because of his performance at the at the majors this year yeah, dude, dude was nuts on the biggest stages. He performs. We we knew this about him. Back to back U.S. Open champion. Hello, how you doing? He's right there. Yeah. Like, I really think it would be probably not just a disservice, but almost a nail in the coffin if he wasn't a part of the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think, and I might get canceled for this but i think we got to do what you did for the golf weekend and go based off vibes vibes what i mean by that is lucas glover needs to be on the u.s Ryder cup team this year yeah my man is fifth in the fedex cup standings i don't care how old he is he's playing some great golf right now especially recently get my man in there Lucas I don't know Glover. if he's ever been on the Ryder Cup team. If he hasn't, welcome aboard. I'm I'm personally has. inviting you aboard the Ryder Cup team because I think he deserves it after his season this year. Give the 43-year-old a shot. You know what I mean? I think he deserves it. I do. Why not? Why not? Back-to-back wins at the end of the year at the Wyndham and then also the FedEx, the first event. Like He jumped from 122nd in the world to 77th after back-to-back wins. Yeah. And I know it's the world rankings that go based off guaranteed, correct? Yeah. But if we go based off FedEx Cup rankings, do you know the only U.S. person that he's behind right now? It's Scotty Scheffler. He's ahead of Max Homa by one spot. He's ahead of Patrick Cantley by two spots. He's ahead of Brian Harmon by three spots. He's ahead of Xander Shoffley by ten spots. My man deserves a spot this year. And if he fucks up, he fucks up. That's fair. That's fair. And there's that. And I'm obviously, I'm not saying it's okay to lose the Ryder Cup because it isn't. Go USA. But if you're going to lose the Ryder Cup, do it when it's in Europe. Don't don't take an L on the home soil. If this is on the home soil, we're having a totally different conversation right now. Hey guys, we're just going to take an aside here to hear from our partners. First up is shankitgolf.com. Go ahead and visit their website. They got all sorts of things for you. They got golf towels, golf polos, stuff to mark your balls. They got all sorts of hats. 
They have everything that you're going to need to look your best on the golf course and feel your best on the golf course. Go ahead and at checkout, use code FTT15 for 15% off your order. You're not only helping yourself save money, but you're helping us get a little bit of that scratch on the side so we can bring you the best content that we can. Again, go ahead and check out shankitgolf.com for all your golf apparel needs. If you haven't heard before, Dr. John Murray is now a Titleist performance expert. That's right. He is someone who can help improve your body's swing connection. His medical background plus his Titleist certification can help you improve your golf game however you want. You want to have less pain? Dr. Murray can help. You want to create longevity in your career? He can help. Sick of getting out driven by your buddies? He can do that too. Check out Dr. John Murray at jmurraytpi on Instagram or reach out to him via email at jmurraytpi at gmail.com. Once again, that's jmurraytpi and jmurraytpi at gmail.com. I've already gone to him for my first screening. It went so well. I really felt like we identified some of the negative portions of my golf swing. I've already started doing my stretches to improve my golf game. And I'm interested to see how that translates into my second session. Go ahead and check him out on those platforms I listed already. He's he's great. He's great at what he does. Uh, all right, back to the episode. Right. I'm, I'm talking about, am I really going to put faith in a 43-year-old? I don't think so. You know but what just I mean? imagine how electric it would be if it came down to the final day, mm-hmm. final matchup yep. between our man Lucas Glover and – Say one Victor Hovland. Oh, pay me a word picture, buddy. Come on. <laughs> Give it to me. And Glover has a putt to, to win the Ryder Cup. And he just sinks it like he has his past two wins that he went back to back on. I'm about to I mean, is there is there a better scenario? Give it to than me. the 43-year-old bringing home the Ryder Cup? Give me that. Top 25 at the BMW Championship, too. He's no slouch. He hasn't quit. <laughs> You know what I mean? He's still here. Saying, <laughs> oh come on, Lucas Glover, <laughs> come on! I never thought that a a forty three year old Lucas Glover would maybe want to run through a wall right this is, now. This is the beginning of my petition to get Lucas Glover on the Ryder Cup team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for that. Waiting for the Harry Higgs uh, conversation to start at some point here. <laughs> Look, as much I, as I would love it, as much as I would love it, I, unfortunately, I need, not this year. I need him and Joel Damon just for no reason to get really good <laughs> at some point here in the in next season, just so they could be on that Ryder Cup team. Because those two dudes on a Ryder Cup, please, please, yes. thank. Yeah, there's. I really think that Lucas Glover uh, should definitely be on this team. Um, he was one of the guys that I was going to bring up here. Um, my my easy. Uh, it's another six, right? It's 12 total, so it's six and six. Yeah, it should be. My Easily to me, the next six should be Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Jordan Spieth, um, Lucas Glover, and then 12. 12 is why I run into a bit of a snag because I I I know that Keegan Bradley, Keegan Bradley and Sam Burns have both had good years. Some's telling me Denny McCarthy is going to be the pick here. And yeah. I, it's because you know Denny's had a win this year. Uh, no, he no, he won last year. Okay, when did he win? Huh. Um, I don't know. I've just been hearing his name a bit more, especially the BMW Championship, a T ten, T ten at this point in the season, popping one off like that. 
He's had a good run so far this year. He's ranked um, 32nd in the world right now. So he's top 50 in the world. Um, And I just, if you're really trying to give this youth movement a go, he's one of the guys that's kind of been part of the youth movement on the United States side uh, who aren't obviously already going to be on the team. Um, You could look towards Cameron Young. I would understand that pick for sure. But who would be your 12th? Like, unless I was wrong in the other five that I named uh, before them, uh, you can you can feel free to to correct me there. But I I run into a little bit of a snag at number 12. Can you read me the list again? Of the five before that? Yeah, or the, yeah that you have so list. far. Yeah, so uh, after the top six of Scheffler, Clark, Harmon, Cantlay, Homa, and Shoffley, I have um, Morikawa, Spieth, Kepka, and um, Ricky Fowler. Okay. It's um, hmm. an interesting one. Also, Ricky Fowler being back on a Ryder Cup team. Hiya now. Please and thank you. I'll have yeah, it. That would be that would be very nice. Yeah, it'd be so um Did you put Sam Burns on there? I, I did not put Sam Burns on there. Um I'm, I'm gonna go with either Sam Burns or here's another here's another pick for you. All right, all right. We're going with the youth movement. I like it. I like it. Sahith Igala. Whoa! Okay, okay. Now he may he may have just missed the championship, right? But he was fifteenth this week. That he was. That he was. He he missed the championship by nine points. Decept Shaka, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. But we've seen that he he has his moments. He does. He has his moments. He plays well occasionally. And he honestly, too. honestly, the 12th, the 12th man to me is kind of just a vibes guy. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go Sam Burns, especially because of the chemistry that he has with some of the guys that we already have on the team. Yeah. I mean, he was on, he was on last year's Ryder Cup team, right? Am I, am I wrong in that assumption? Yeah. Pretty sure. Uh, you know, sponsored by major league baseball, basically as American as a corn dog, uh, Sam Burns, uh, mm-hmm. super easy name too. just very, very classic red, white, and blue Sam Burns. But I like where your head's at with the Sahith Tagala pick. Uh, 25 years old, had a good year, ranked 34th in the world. Um, it just, it it felt like he was a little bit not competitive there for a little bit of a stretch. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if that's even going to be on, on Captain Johnson's radar. But yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see who he goes with. But I, I really do feel like the... The 12th is the one that's probably a mystery, but the other five, I feel like, are... that That's pretty easy shoe-in for me, I think. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to send a message to Zach mm-hmm. Johnson. Are you trying to message DJ? I, I tried tweeting at him. Well, Xing at him. What is it called Is it now? still tweeting? Is it is it considered tweeting still? I don't know. I think it's still called Twitter, right? Or is it called X now? No, it's called X now. See, that's so dumb. The logos changed and everything. And I I had it written out and I sent it and now it's not showing up on our thing. It's probably because we called it Twitter. They got us. <laughs> they heard everything. They got they got us because we called it Twitter. They're like, nope, nope. It's X. Is, it because now. They, is this because 
X doesn't want Lucas Glover in the Ryder Cup? Conspiracy? Is this a conspiracy theory? Is this something we have to talk about nowadays? Elon Musk getting involved in the PGA Tour? Is this something Does I got to concern myself about? Elon Musk not want Lucas Glover to succeed? I, how rude. Question mark. An all-American like Lucas Glover, just a hometown kid. Hometown hero, some have called him, I'm sure. And you're going to deny him a Ryder Cup like that, Elon? Unreal. What the hell is wrong with you, man? All right, well, those of you that uh, that are, you know, better Twitter fingers than us, you know, start the petition. Let's start it yeah, up. Just, you know? let's, get a, let's get a change.org document going. If you have his phone number, text him, call him, email him. If you have his email, email And him. for what's worth, he, he lives in Iowa. So get, get obviously he might not have a account. computer. Rude. So if if you have to send use U.S. Postal Service, yeah, you send him a pigeon. U.S. Postal Service. Uh, you can wrap your message around an ear of corn. They like corn out there. And throw it through his window. Uh, big corn people. Big corn people. And I'm sure they love uh, when their corn is used for defacing property. I think it's probably their their favorite <laughs> thing to do in Iowa. Because <laughs> there's not a whole lot else to do out That's there. That's pretty so, much it. <laughs> you, you, you're seeing the old movies of people uh, hitting mailboxes with bats. They probably still do that. There. Um, they would not. Surprised me at all. Um, all right, last part about the Ryder Cup here, though, Rick. I'm, uh, I'm, who I'm currently looking at this uh, European team as it's uh, stack stacking up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I especially with how Victor Hovland's playing right now, I'm concerned. Uh, so the way that the Euros do it is a bit different. They only have three qualify, and then the rest are captain's picks. Um, uh-huh. And the three that have qualified are your your classic two in Roy McIlroy and John Rahm. I feel like that's probably going to be until, really. the, until they retire. That's probably going to be yeah. two of them. And then arguably, I'm not going to say arguably, I think I can confirm by saying this, the most exciting European player on tour right now in Victor Hotland. Yeah, I agree. Those three being guaranteed on the team, and then you also look at how the tournament's going so far for non-Americans, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood's come back around. Um, I mean, you have guys uh, like Jason Day, uh, Tyrrell Hatton, Sepp Straka. We can't forget about him. He had one hell of a year. I think this is getting a lot closer than I had anticipated it being. Um, Can Jason Day be on the European team? Oh, he's I guess not. Yeah, no, he's he's Australian, right? Or is he Australian or New Zealand? I forget which one. Either way, not Europe. Yeah, can't can't be on the Euro side. Never mind. Um, but it's, it's a little bit closer than I had kind of uh, hoped it to be. Um, okay, what Rick, do you got are after you, that? Are you a little worried? What do you got after that? Let's take a look, shall we? Let's take let's read take me, a look. Read here. me some names after that, and then I'll look at the FedEx Cup. I'll look at the FedEx Cup standings. Excuse me. I'll, I'll read them off of there. Let's see here. All right. So after Victor, Rory, and John, uh, you have Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood. Mm-hmm. You have um, Tyrrell Hatton, Seb Straka, Justin Rose, Seamus Power. Right. Okay. All right. Now I hear you. Yeah, once you get past Seamus um, and you get into the Tommy, 
plus 14 this week. So you get into the Thomas Dietrich and Stefan Jaeger uh, area. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Maybe I'm not as. They're top, they're top end expected. loaded for sure. They're top like the loaded. top end matches are going to be very close. I agree. Right. It's when you get to the 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 back end of it when we still have the Xanders and the Cantleys and the Sam Burnses <laughs> and they're going up against Thomas Dietrich. Yeah. Yeah. Stefan Jaeger versus Lucas yeah. Glover. We know who's getting a win out of that. You can yeah. Right yeah. Who's going to win that? That they would tee off. I'd go get a tattoo on my ass that says Lucas Glover wins. And, <laughs> and not even worry about it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't even bother watching. I just go to lunch right after. Okay. I gotta, <laughs> gotta <laughs> full confidence. Full confidence that he gets the win every time. Um, all right, yeah. Why why am I even gonna talk myself into even kind of being worried? It's USA all the way, baby. Red, white, and blue. The, the United States runs the Ryder Cup. You have no chance. Um, much like uh, the World Wars, by the way, 2-0, I, I might add. Uh, just in case you thought we were sorry, we're kind of coming to Italy and finish the job properly. Um, I, with saw, I saw a meme earlier, and it was like, I just found out that Arizona tea, which sells for 99 cents in the States, goes for $3 in Europe. And it was like <laughs> it was like we're still getting payback. <laughs> what? I mean the taxes on, on the Arizona ID cans. That's crazy. You can't do that. It says 99 cents on the can. This tea party, baby. Hold, hold on, hold on. Grudges don't stop. <laughs> European Arizona ICD. I gotta see this. Oh my God! They took off the tag. It doesn't, it, you know. The, <laughs> for those of you that have drank and or seen Arizona iced tea, you know, in the top corner of the can, it has a little little yellow tab there. It says ninety nine cents. Everybody's seen it. We know it well. The European ones, it it's been removed. It doesn't exist. That's crazy. <laughs> the tweet says, "Yo, I just learned ninety nine cent Arizona iced teas are sold in UK for almost three dollars." Ha, you damn right it is. Got a problem with our tea tariff? You slag wankers too bad. <laughs> this has been our master plan. 250 years since the Boston Tea Party. Hashtag get wrecked. Hashtag Merca. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Oh my gosh, that's that's high quality. I hope that that's something they like thought about too. I hope there was like some sincere thoughts. <laughs> like, nice like, you know what would be really funny? Yeah, <laughs> 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 you know I thought about the other day. We do ship these to England. You know what I mean? Let's just crank the price. Um, oh my god, that's so good. Yeah, just in case you thought we were sorry, Europe for you know wiping the floor with your candy asses and wars and tea specifically we're not sorry at all there's 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 nothing we're sorry about Uh, especially you from england we're coming for you specifically okay you know john and victor you guys i don't really have a problem with spanish people and you know you know the the norsemen do whatever they want to up there yeah you englishmen we're coming for your asses you're half you're more than half the team anyways we got a vendetta. We got a bone to pick with you. And it is $3.99 Arizona iced tea. That's how we're going to get it done. Okay. How if you many think... people do you think are going to travel from America to Europe dressed as colonial Americans oh, to hang out at the Ryder Cup? 
I want to be like I want to be so many people that if there were somebody there who had served in those wars, which obviously there isn't, but if there were, they would have a PTSD attack. Listen, listen to me. This is, is that con- is that controversial? I don't care. This <laughs> is this is what would happen if I was if I was Elon Musk rich. I would personally pay not buy Twitter <laughs> for thousands of people to go to Europe. I would buy them all colonial American. Costumes. Would you have them go on boat as well? Swarm this course. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta get like a little drummer boy situation too. There's yeah. gotta be some dude playing the piccolo, and uh, and another kid playing drums, and yep. somebody just holding up a battered, beaten down American, and not just like a regular American flag, but a colonial American yeah. flag. We're talking, you know, back. Way back with Betsy Ross's, um, would you have them come over via boat as well? I feel like they would have. Because if you had Elon Musk money, right, you could definitely have a sailboat built out of yeah. wood. You, you yeah. have that kind of money. Have them all sail to like right outside of Rome, yeah. right? Because I mean, it, Italy's not um, landlocked. There's there's water there. Have yeah. them sail to those ports. But just like a couple of miles away where they, they can't park the boat, yeah. get on the little boats. Yeah, the little dinghies. The little dinghies, <laughs> right? Looking like George going over the Delaware. You know what I mean? And just, oh, that'd be a See, beautiful this sight. The, this is the problem <laughs> with the world today is that I'm not the one with the money. That's the yeah, problem. That's, that's it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they you, need you, to give it to me because I got ideas. Yeah. Usually, you know, when I'm up in bed at night and I'm wondering what's wrong with the world, the immediate solution that comes to my mind is it's because Rick doesn't have the money. That's 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 what I think of. You know? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what's wrong with the world is that I don't have the money. <laughs> Sounds like a a graphic t-shirt. <laughs> that one too many dads owns you know what i mean <laughs> it's just, it's just, i mean that's so good it's, dude put it on a t-shirt and sell it you'll make it <laughs> oh that's so good um all right to continue talking about golf we swear we're a golf podcast um <laughs> let's get into the forthcoming tour championship the final 30 are here they're going to East Lake. It is the biggest event in the PGA Tour season. It dictates the entire season's point earnings. It's the FedEx Cup Championship. You get the trophy. You get the $15 million. It's a nice little paycheck. Now, let's not forget, this is the way that it's going to go. So starting from your first place guy, everybody's going to get uh, a certain amount of strokes off at the beginning of the tournament. So here is as follows. Scotty Scheffler being first overall is going to start 10 under on Thursday. Victor Hovland will start nine under Roy McElroy, eight under John Rahm, seven under Lucas Glover, six under the homie Glover. Um, Max home of five under Patrick Cantlay, four under Brian Harmon, three under Wyndham Clark, two under and Matt Fitzpatrick one under. Basically, the way that they do it is they, you know, they're like, oh, you worked all year to get within the top 10. You should get an advantage for doing so. I get that bit. We've talked about this before, and I feel like we're going to talk about it every single year it comes, right? 
10 strokes in Scotty Scheffler's favor doesn't sound like a good idea. It's okay? unfair. And now here's the problem, though, is the way you think it's going to go never is the way it goes. Because you know who won the FedEx Cup last year? Not Scotty Scheffler, who also started with a 10-stroke lead. It was Rory McIlroy, who also, by the way, ominously enough, if you want to get into that kind of stuff, also was in third last year going into East Lake. How would you react if Roy McIlroy, maybe not, I wouldn't say one of the most controversial guys on tour, but definitely up there with how much he spends in the public light and how he's, you know, kind of the, the, the voice of the PGA tour, at least from the player standpoint, if he won back-to-back FedEx cup playoffs, be a little suspicious. I'd be a little sus, right? With somebody's got to talk about happened this year. Everything that happened this year with the lift tour. I don't know. I'd be a little suspicious. I'm just saying it sounds suspect. It does. Okay? Like, it's not like he's had a bad year. I'm not saying he's had a bad year, right? He's earned where he's at. He's earned where he's at, I'm sure. But also at the same time, you look at what transpired last year. He went on this absolute tear at the end of the year, right? He did get a win at the Genesis Scottish Open. He did get a win um, over at the CJ Cup at the beginning of the year, right? We get all that. But last year, he went on this absolute tear at the end of the year. Got a win, like right before the FedEx Cup playoffs. Mm -hmm. And then just continued that momentum into it. Yes, he's got some good momentum going into it with a win at the Genesis Scottish Open. But at the same time, it's not like it felt the way it felt last year. Last year, it felt like this dude was so hot, so untouchable. He was was the only chance at a non-Scotty Scheffler winning the FedEx Cup. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, this time around, it really feels like a shoe in to me. That yes. it's going to be Scotty. He's by far and wide been one of the best players on the tour this year. If yeah. if he could figure out how to putt about halfway through the year, if he could have figured that out, he probably would have had four or five wins again, right? Yeah. The thing the thing is, Scotty Scheffler is so good at this point. And we don't even talk about him anymore. He's gotten to that point of good at at least this season anyway, mm-hmm. where he got T2 this past weekend. Yep. And no one has mentioned it. No. He is always in the top five pretty much. No. Yep. And no one ever mentions it because it's expected at this point from him that he's going to be there. I mean, Victor Hovland's first round was a 69. Nice. Scotty's <laughs> was a 66. Okay, 66, 69, 64, 66. If he does that this week with a 10-stroke lead, no one's even coming close to him. Nope. Not even close. Not even touching him. And here's the thing. is like you just keep cycling back through the season, and it's like, oh, there he is, top five. There he is, top three. There he is with the win. There he is, top ten. There he is, top five. It, it, it you're... You almost said it perfectly. You expect him to be there, right? Yeah. So it's just, I feel like we said the same thing last year. So I, basically everything we say, you just take as a grain of salt because we have no idea what's going on. But like, it, it really feels like there's only one, there's only one man that can, <laughs> that can, that can get this done. And it is Victor Hovland. Holy cow, is this kid hot? This kid, this kid's real hot right now. Yeah, I mean, 
if he can get out of his head for for a day, yeah, then he's good. I mean, that he did it this weekend, which is good for him. Very happy for him. But we've seen it time and time again. His issue is he gets in his own head. He does one thing wrong, and it messes up the mm-hmm. rest of his round. It starts to cascade, right? And not only that, but also this uh, specifically this last tournament. We want to just bring up the the Sunday he was behind and he's like, I am going to make a run at it. Right. I always feel like in sports, it's easier to be, it's easier to be the underdog than it is to be the like bona fide. Oh, this, this is that's going to happen. Right. Because once, once you're that guy at the top of the tower, you get kind of complacent. You're, you're there already. You already did the thing. Everybody else is hungry and chasing it, which is exactly what Victor Hoblin did on Sunday and specifically the back nine on Sunday, mm-hmm. if he can put that mentality and that he's in second and he's so close to eclipsing Scotty Scheffler and he can just put together enough of a Thursday and a Friday to stay, to stay close mm-hmm. and then show up on Saturday and Sunday. There's a real chance that Victor yeah. Highland wins his trophy. I think the biggest thing for him is not going into Sunday with the lead. Right. And it sounds super counterintuitive, but mm-hmm. based on, how he plays and who he is, I think his best his best option to winning this this whole thing is to go into Sunday down one or two strokes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, as especially because you're right, it does sound weirdly counterintuitive. We we get that, but in golf, it is so hard to win it when you have the lead on Sunday, unless you have an astronomical lead, unless you have like you're looking at like a seven stroke, eight yeah. stroke lead. It's so hard to turn that into a win. It really, especially is. when the person that's going to be breathing down your neck is most likely going to be Scotty Scheffler, mm-hmm. who you know is cool, calm, and collected, mm-hmm. and almost never has any issues with that kind of stuff. <laughs> that's going to be hard. So if yeah. you're chasing that guy down on Sunday mm-hmm. rather than fending him off, you're going to be a lot better off as if you're Victor Hovland. Keeps you hungry, and we we saw what a hungry Victor Hovland can do. It is almost appalling to watch. Um, basically, like we said, not even golfing, um, the three, three strokes, a hole and five holes, 15 total strokes. Did you even see the golf course? Like you're paying for it, dude. Like enjoy it a little bit. <laughs> look around. Um, yeah, it, it, he's probably in my mind, the only chance to really, you know, win this thing as far as guys that are in the top five, even the top three, really, I think he's probably the best chance, but we're not the only opinion that we take into consideration here on this podcast as we got Rob Bolton's picks here for the power rankings. Rick, you know the deal. We've done it all year. I will tell you the top five in no specific order. You'll organize them. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's do it. All righty. Patrick Cantlay, Rory McElroy, Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley. My my pick to win is in the top five, and I like that. I like it. I like uh, I'm gonna go Xander five, Cantlay four, uh, Hovland three, Rom two. Rom Scotty wasn't in, Rom was in the top who, five. Who was the other guy? Rory. Rory. Rory two. Scotty one. You flipped Scotty and Victor. He had Victor at one. Yeah, Victor at one. He had Scotty Shuffler at three. What? Yeah. So look, like we're we're pretty hard on on Rob Bolton here for good reason. Um, that that's brutal 
first and foremost, you're putting Sky Scheffler in the three hole here, not even the second spot. I I could yeah, that's if you put Victor Hovland in first and Sky Scheffler in the second spot, I get that because we just talked about the reality of that could be a thing. It's appalling that he put Rory McElroy in the second spot here. How we know Scotty's a competitor. We oh, yeah. know this for a fact yeah. that he mm-hmm. wants to win, mm-hmm. whether he admits it or not, he wants yeah. to win. And seeing what happened to him last year, you're telling me this man's not coming with a fire under his ass this weekend. No. Yeah. After just barely losing it to Rory last year, you're telling me this man's not coming in with a vengeance. Oh yeah. No way he's at he's in the three hole right now. No zero way. chance. Zero chance. Rob's playing, dude. He's playing. You'll find where you live, Rob. I'm not scared of you. Um, That's <laughs> <laughs> not a threat uh, for my FBI agent listening. Anyways, uh, let's go through it. Number five, you got correct. Xander Shoffley starting at three under, although he's still chasing his first FedEx Cup title. He's a former winner at East Lake in 2017, and he has a low aggregate in 2020. Overall, in six straight appearances, he has t- five top fives and a T7 with a scoring average of 67.25. Yeah, he's he's been a competitor uh competitor all year, had a great year. I'm comfortable with five. That makes sense to me. I, I like yeah. I like where he's put there. I, that makes sense. Another guy where I like where they're where they're put, number four, Patrick Cantley, starting at four under. Uh settled for T seven in his FedEx Cup title defense last year. His scoring average in his last eight rounds at East Lake is sixty seven point six three, victimized in a playoff to open the series at the FedEx Cup St. Jude Championship and finished T15 last week. Yeah, I think if I think if Patty Ice wound up getting that win at the St. Jude, we're talking about him being in the second spot. Um There's just because here. that's that's what happens to do performs. I mean, we talked about it after the St. Jude. Um but you know, the, coming off of that and then the T15 last week, yeah, I'm good with 4. That's you'll probably wind yeah. up there and and I think that's a good spot for you. He's where here's where Rob starts to lose me. Uh, number three, Scotty Scheffler, starting at 10 under. In the first two playoff events during which he placed a respect uh, respective T31 and T2, he averaged giving away more strokes to the field with his putter than his opening margin, but he leads in greens and regulation and strokes gains T to green. I get it. It's been the story all year. He can't putt. But this, this, we just talked about it. He's a competitor. He saw what happened last year. I, I really think we're going to see this guy rolling putts. Yeah. And just rolling them from deep because he's going to have that fire in him to to hit those practice greens so hard. If he winds up losing this FedEx Cup um, because of his putting, man, you got to get a new swing coach, new caddy, whoever's telling you your lines and, who, and who's helping you putt, you got to get a new one because yeah. it's been brutal all year. It's been real bad. Yeah. Um, the only reason is as close as it is, you know, uh, if, if he could just nail some putts, he probably would have had so many wins this year. It would have been yeah, nuts. Yeah, pure domination. Uh, number two, for reasons I still can't quite understand, Rory McIlroy starting at seven under, defending the FedEx Cup title for the third time. No one has won consecutive FedEx Cups. So that makes sense. Put him at two. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's put him at two. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, when he prevailed at East Lake in 2019, he arrived as the five seed and opened at five under last year. He was seventh at four under. Look, I get that. I get all that bit, but you, you, you put the sentence right there, Rob. 
No one has won consecutive FedEx Cups. We've been doing this FedEx Cup thing for a decade now. If if you haven't learned, it's kind of hard to go back to back on this. I don't know where to help you. Okay. <laughs> and I just, I really don't think he's going to outperform Scotty Scheffler this year. I really don't think so. No. No. Um, number one, which we already talked about, and we think that he has a real shot at doing so. Crown Vic himself, Victor Hovland, starting at eight under. Yes, there's confidence in the improved short game, but there's also a resolve in his voice as he's arrived at his fully formed self as a professional. The twinkle in his eyes, that's weird. Uh, The twinkle in his eyes, (laughs) that he's in total control because he is. Rob, is there something you need to tell us? I feel like he's taking a deep look into Victor's eyes. Okay. (laughs) Weird thing to say. I don't... Rob says some wild she's wild shit on these dudes. Sparkle in his eyes. This is it was the sparkle in his eye that told me he's gonna win this thing. It was the it wasn't the fiery competitiveness or anything like that, or his demeanor or other or seven or, under on the back nine. Or the seven <laughs> under twenty-eight on the back. No, it was the twinkle in his eye. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. You're not you're not composing a romantic novel, uh Rob. This is a this is a PGA tour.com's website. Okay, this is a power rankings. Thank you very much. But um, yeah, I feel like, at least in my opinion, and yours could be different. I'll, I'll ask you here. I think Victor's the only chance um, at Scotty not getting this done. I don't agree completely. I think he's the best chance of anyone who's close right now, though. Okay. All right. So, so who would your dark horse be if it's not going to be Victor Hovland? I think you already know. I think I do. I think I do. Are you going, Max Homa? I'm not going Max Homa, actually. Oh, no? Are no. you doing this, Love? Are you doing this to me right now? No. No. no, no, no. <laughs> no. I mean, as much as I would love for Lucas Glover to win this event, that would be so electric. Um, <laughs> it would be so good. No. Uh, I think the only person that has a chance outside of Victor Hovland to dethrone Scotty Scheffler is Patty Ice himself. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good point. That's a very good point. Shows up when it matters. He does. The dude shows he has up. a T two in the playoffs, or he has a second place in the playoffs already that he lost in a, a playoff of the playoff. Yep. It's not completely unreasonable that he ha- he puts a few good rounds together and ends up in the top yeah. with everybody. It's not. It's really not. I I could be convinced on that one. I really could. I really could. If it's anyone besides Victor or Scotty, I think it's going to be him. I Which like is that. why I liked him at four. I think that's a good spot for him. For the same reasoning, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with with X. Um, again, just if it, it would feel right to me if he really made a run at it right before the Ryder Cup, because it'd be like, oh, there he is. <laughs> he, he could he could see the red, white, yeah. and blue in the future, and he's he's coming to play. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I and and look, I just I like the fact that Scotty's in the position he is because he's the guy I'm rooting for first and foremost. Anyways, um, but I'm really interested to see how scotty and vic um play because you know they're playing together so yeah we'll, we'll be seeing them we'll be seeing them round one yeah. uh so that's going to be a you know a must watch pairing right there but rick unless you have any other golf news for us that's going to wrap it up oh stay ready for the playoffs all righty let's get ready for those playoffs as always guys thank you so much for listening we appreciate every time you guys do every time you guys hit play we appreciate the hell out of you thank you so much go ahead and follow us on our social medias on instagram at from the tips underscore pod and on twitter or x whatever you're gonna call it nowadays uh at ftt underscore pod 
Uh, please hit hit the follow buttons on there. Uh, get us more out there on the social media stuff so we can interact with you guys more. We would love to you know answer questions that you guys may have. Feel free to DM us on both those platforms. We will answer you and we'll answer you on the podcast as well. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening and we out. Thanks, guys. See you later.